Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. All right. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We're so glad you joined us today. And we are so honored to have Sister Miracles with us today. And Sister Miracles and I met in Starbucks just a couple of months ago, um, like probably in July, maybe, of 2022. And um, she, she I, I just started asking her about her, her work and her ministry and all that. And we had a wonderful conversation. We were in kind of a long line at Starbucks. Yes. So we had... So then she gave me her information and I was thinking that she was going to be in Kansas city for quite a bit longer. But what I've now learned is that she was at the tail end of an eight year assignment here in Kansas city. And I met her at the very end and she is now in Brazil. So we are doing this conversation on zoom while she is in Southern Brazil. So, Sister Miracles, thank you so much for joining us on Spirituality Adventures. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure meeting you on that day on Starbucks, for sure. And um, my eight years was just in Kansas, and the last two years I was traveling. So, technically, it's ten altogether 10 years in Kansas. Um, and it was Unfortunately, that we just met in the very, very end. Right. Yeah. I was hoping to come visit, you know, you in Kansas City and see the see the work firsthand. Right. Right. Well, you can come to visit the sisters. I can give you their number and their address and everything. So you can come and yeah. visit them. That'd be good. And if you come back to Kansas City, you have to let me know. Yes, because they're taking me to Joe's. Right. Good job. I like that. You, 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 are, you have learned well. <laughs> oh, she's, we just talked about her favorite barbecue experience in Kansas City. And she said uh, Gates, Zarda, Jackstack, but her favorite was Joe's. So, yeah. So we got to yeah. do Joe's. All right. Well, tell let's let's start with like where you were born, you know, obviously most of my audience is, is most of my audience is Kansas city, but I have people listening all over America, some people from other places, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, mostly, you know, English speakers, obviously, and give us a little right. window into where you were born and, you know, the family that you grew up in, um, give us a little mm -hmm. feel for, for your, your origin story, if you will. Right. Um, I was born in Brazil, southern Brazil. Um, I lived in, in my family's um, house until I was 19 when I joined the order. Um, my home state is pretty much like Kansas City. Uh, that's 
one of the reasons of why I'm really in love with Kansas um, <laughs> because of this. And um, what is similar? Like why? I why? think um, I would say the agricultural part of Kansas, the barbecue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you have there there is you know brazilian is there brazilian barbecue i've been to brazilian steakhouses like i you know i went to uh the one on the plaza you know um what, you show? The, what do they call it uh what would you show? yeah fogo de chow yeah i've been yeah. there uh-huh. and uh been to a couple of the brazilian steakhouses in kansas city but do you do barbecue in in Brazil, we do not in um, not in the same way that you do there, uh, but we do uh, like you tried our barbecue, so you saw the difference a little. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a very good barbecue actually. Ah, wow! Uh, that's that's one of the things that as a family we have to do together every Sunday. Oh, serious. Yes. So you get together, family barbecue, talk, hang out. Yep. Beautiful. Normally we go to church and then after church, we would do it or we would spend the day together. And then in the evening, we go to church together. Wow. Well, no wonder you like Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So um, did you go to public schools or did you go to Catholic schools growing up? Um, normally here in Brazil, it's not very common, the Catholic schools. So I went to public schools and then um, my faith I learned from my parents and, and in church, mm-hmm. uh, Sunday school and catechism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, um, uh, what uh, What type of Catholic church? I'm not sure if I'm asking the right question because I know Catholics, but, th- but there are different flavors of Catholic mm-hmm. churches, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like would your, would your Catholic church like the new Pope, would they be a fan of Pope Francis? Um, you know, like I said, you mean my home, my home church here? Your home church. Yes. Um, it's been a long time since I've been there, but um, a couple of weeks ago I went there to visit and I would say they do. Uh, yeah. I know sometimes uh, he will say some different things that we're used to hear. But we also believe that he is the voice of God for us as our leader. So we have to sometimes just obey, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I've really enjoyed Pope Francis. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think, I think he's been very refreshing uh, to, yes, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, especially uh, you have to understand his backgrounds and, and his vision so you can understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And as a Latino, I also know that sometimes he's saying something that people are not understanding because of the differences of our Latino way of thinking mm-hmm. than American and European way of thinking. Yeah. Which country did he grow up in? Argentina, Argentina. very next to Brazil. Uh Right. Yeah. 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 So interesting. Well, it had to, it was kind of, had to be a proud moment for uh, South American Catholics, right? To have 
Yes, yeah. it was. Although he's Argentinian and Brazilian and Argentinas doesn't go along together, but okay. uh, <laughs> but yeah, his only problem is that he is Argentinian. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like a that's like M U K U rivalry here in the, here in the Kansas City, yes, Missouri, exactly. right? Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. That is well, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, when, what age were you, when you began to feel a special call to ministry? Um, I was 19. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it was very, very fast. I met the order and a month later I joined them. Oh, wow. Um, I'm a type of person that is either now or never. And at the moment that I saw one of the sisters, it was immediately in my heart. That's what I want. Mm. And um, I spent a day in prayer. I never did anything without praying before. And all the uh, main decisions I had in my life was always with scriptures. And after praying for, you know, a vigil entire night and, and opening the scriptures, I realized that this was supposed to be, and I just asked the sisters if I I could just come for maybe just for a period of time to see if this, this was my call, but I never left. So I'm here 17 years later. Wow. Yeah. 17 years. My goodness. I felt called to be a pastor when I was 16. Wow. And, um, Yeah. And I had been kind of, I grew up in the seventies in in Kansas city and I kind of got involved in the recreational drug crowd and really wasn't wanting to be a part of church. My parents raised me in a Baptist church Uh and I really didn't want to have anything to do with it. And so then I had a pretty dramatic experience with Jesus that, where I really surrendered my life to Jesus kind of a thing. And then a couple of months later, I felt called to be a pastor. I, I wow, preached, I preached my first sermon when I was 16 or 17. Wow. So, um, so yeah. And I'm a lot older than you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but one thing it's, it's interesting we share in common is um, I was, even though I joined the order when I was 19, um, I had a kind of wild life between my, 14 and 18 years and I did a lot of things and one of the things I did was trying to commit suicide my last thing was this I I tried to commit suicide five times wow and um the last one was hanging myself in a rope and I I think that's the dramatic dramatic moment where I found Jesus Hmm. and that's the main reason of why I decided to become a sister Wow. Um, because it was impossible for me to be alive. And for the grace of God, uh, I was able to recover very slow. It was a very painful process and mm. moment for me and my family. And it was, I, I remember opening my eyes and, and being very angry with God. Mm. You know, what kind of God are you that allows me? 
uh, to go through all of this. Don't you understand? Mm. I want to die, right? Mm. Where's my free will? That was my question for God. Mm. Where is my free will? We talk about free will. God gave us a free will. And then when I decided to just end my life, he doesn't allow me. So that's not free will, right? And in debating with him and, and arguing with him, I found in loving with him. <laughs> wow. That's so fascinating. You know, I, I went through a really hard uh, crisis myself about three and a half years ago. So way after, you know, 40 years of ministry, then I went through a really dark, dark period where I, mm -hmm. I questioned everything all over again, you know, even though I had been in the ministry for 40 years. So it was mm -hmm. a very hard time. I really didn't, I, I didn't try to kill myself, but I didn't really want to live, you know? And that was, that, yeah. that was just, that was just three or three years ago, three and a half years ago for me, which was so strange, you know, to go through a time like that late yeah. in life, you know, yeah. after having, really served Jesus for so long too. What was your, right. what, what was it that was, um, what was it that was driving the, the suicidal thoughts that you were having? What was it? Was it depression? Um, you know, was I, think it, it, um, I think it was a, a depression followed by a lot of pressure from my work. I was a party planner. Um, a what? Party planner, wedding party. planner. Okay. 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 Yeah, but I would do big parties too, you know, yeah. shows and events, things like this. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, financially I was, I was well, and um, you probably know this, but when you have a little bit of finances, you have a lot of friends, mm. right? Because technically you can buy your friends for anything. Mm. And um, I realized that I was just alone, you know, by the end of the day, I was just alone. I didn't feel peace. Um, yes, I, I had a boyfriend and um, unfortunately he was a cop and he was killed in action and losing him. And also noticing that all of my friends was not real friends. Mm. It was just, you know, uh, very hard and, and, I was involved with a lot of things too. Uh, and for this reason, I just said, it's it's better to end my life than to just, you know, um, have a bad reputation for my family. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So um, tell us about the order that you connected with. So you had this pretty dramatic experience when you were 19, then if you went from, being suicidal to surrendering to a call and joining an order. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty, pretty dramatic turnaround, right? It is. It is. And sometimes when I, I stop to think, I, I don't know. God knows everything, right? Mm. Uh, my order is 22 years old. So it's, it's also a very young order. And when I joined them 17 years ago, it was just 30 of us divided in four houses. And uh, our ministry is to work with the poor in their multiple faces. 
which means we go out to feed the homeless on the streets. We go to the prisons to visit them. Basically, Matthew 25, mm -hmm. right? Um, we also have houses where we receive men and women who suffer from addiction and we can recover. And during this nine months, they would live with us. And after nine months, if they don't have families to go back, they can stay living with us in some of our houses, helping us out. Is this and, in Brazil? Uh, this is in Brazil. We are, we are in 14, 16 countries. So everywhere we are, we will have either one or the other, right? Okay. One of our main goals is to have a farm in the States where we can recover men and women. However, uh, the codes and requirements are just too hard. Mm. And in Kansas City, for a period of time, we, we, we used to be a women's shelter, mm -hmm. but we had to close due to uh, city codes. Okay. And so when I first saw them, I just realized that that's what I wanted to just give myself for something bigger than me, especially because, uh, like I, I was saying, uh, my very first thought was very... Um, anger like towards anger towards god right and then mm -hmm. when i realized how much he loved me because he allowed me to to be alive i just want to give myself meaning mm -hmm. and the meaning that i found was having these poor sisters and uh, we also have brothers who we live by donation and um I guess what the most caught my attention was their happiness. How could they be happy if they didn't have anything? And I had everything, right? I had my car, I had my own house, I had my money, you know, everything that I wanted was just like this. And they didn't have anything. They were wearing flip-flops and happy all the time. Mm. And, and that's when I... Uh, as I was leaving, I, I joined the order and living with them, I realized where the happiness would come from. And actually today, I, I just got home an hour ago, uh, had lunch here, because for, for us, it's already 1.30 in the afternoon. We're two hours different. Um, and uh, I, I was coming from the streets because I was begging today. You know, we had the selling this coming up week. And we didn't have anything to prepare what we need. So I went, I went back in the stores. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the, the order who founded this order and then mm -hmm. who, who would be your patron saints of this order? Right. Um, our order was founded by Father Gilson. He's a priest and sister servant. Uh, she's one of our sisters. Uh, they founded together 22, 21 years ago. Our 22 anniversary is coming up this coming October. And um, our patron saints are St. Francis, St. Clair, St. Michael, and St. Paul. Um, Francis and Claire gave us this, this simplicity of life that we are called to live. St. Michael is an inspiration for the spiritual combat and warfare that we have to face as we go out to ministry with our, uh, we call them sons and daughters, our homeless. 
uh, as we go out to help our sons and daughters and also bring them to our house, we, we must have a spiritual covert, right? Okay. And uh, St. Paul is because we are, we're also preachers. We go and, and give talks and uh, St. Paul is a, is a great figure to teach us how to give, to be a good speaker, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, so I was, I, for some reason, I was thinking it was St. Francis of Assisi. Yeah, that's him. One of okay. them, St. Francis and St. Clair. And St. Clair. Clair. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, one of my favorite saints is St. Francis. Why um, is that? Well, so if I understand his story correctly, he grew up in a wealthy family, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, and then um, through all of his wild living experiences, he came mm -hmm. to the end of himself and he had a right. pretty dramatic uh, surrender to Jesus and really felt called to the poor. Yes, that's, that's right. And, and, and I loved his solidarity with the poor, with the suffering and with all of creation. Mm -hmm. I think St. Francis had a beautiful view of nature. Yes. And all living creatures mm -hmm. and all of God's beautiful creation. Right. I, I would call them brothers and sisters. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that, that's beautiful though, I think. It is. It is. If we only understood nowadays the love of uh, everything and, and God's creation, we would be more respectful for things that we have. Mm. That's what I think. Interesting. You know, one of my, uh, so about three years ago, I was at a really my lowest spot that I've ever been in. I didn't really want to wake up and live. You know, I was that I was in a really dark place. And a friend of mine mailed me a copy of a book by a, a father named Richard Rohr, Richard Rohr. And he's, he's a Franciscan priest. Mm -hmm. And the book was called falling upward falling upward. And it really helped bring my faith, got my faith off the ventilator. <laughs> and, uh, and then I started reading, I've read a lot of Richard Rohr and I've be, be, I've connected with quite a few of his friends. Now he's still living, but he's a, he's an author. He's written a lot of books. And um, so anyway, I've become, I've even become more, of a fan. I'd, I'd read, you know, I've studied a lot of church history and mm -hmm. I've read at least two biographies on St. Francis. Um, but yeah, he's amazing. This, this particular author, father Richard Rohr really did really has uh, ministered to my heart and spirit in a, in a deep, deep way over the last three years. Wow, that's so, beautiful. so, well, yeah. So, okay. So did you, did you do some studies then? Like, did you go to classes and seminary and like, did you do some um, theology studies, that kind of thing? 
No, I did not do theology. We do have uh, classes inside the order. It's a four years formation that uh, it was given to us. And of course, I, I took some classes, but I would not consider college classes. Um, I, it's just classes that we need to, you know, inside the church. Mm-hmm. And um, most of my my knowledge up to this point is I'm a a love lover of books and of course you know i, I have pretty good friends who also taught me a lot of things mm-hmm. yeah who are your favorite authors that that feed you spiritually um henry no one um which see. is your I, favorite I, what's your favorite henry nowen book a uh, spiritual direction okay His, his books on spiritual direction. Yeah. Um, Ignacio Larinaga, his his uh, Italian priest. Ah. Okay. And then uh, Green also is a very good uh, author. Who? He would Green Victor Green. Spell his last name. Um, G R E N. Okay. Okay, I haven't read him. Yeah, he's he's very good too. Okay. And um there's some new authors um like um Scott Han and Father John Burke, he's also very good. Bishop Barron is very good. Um Bishop uh, oh gracious God. I don't remember his last name now. Okay. Uh, Harry Nowen and uh, Fernandez Carvajal. Henry Nowen, um, he worked up, was it in Canada that he worked? Or did he have a home that he worked with at the end of his life that was in Canada? Or am I mixed? Maybe I'm getting him mixed up with somebody else. I I remember reading The Wounded Healer by Henry Nowen. Whoops. We just, oh, there you are. You're back. We lost you for a second. Yeah. The Wounded Healer was is one of my favorite uh, Henry Nowen books. Um, the Return of the Prodigal Son. I love that mm-hmm. one by Henry Nowen. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a he's a wonderful, wonderful voice. Yes, I like the way he writes. I think it's very simple and it's very relatable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, especially you see the wounded healer. It's it's when I read it, it was it really spoke to me at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can really see that many times we say we're very wounded for many people and many things in life. But when we think about it, yes, Jesus was also wounded and we still want him. Yes, he heals and heals us in so many different ways. Mm. What are the ways that I can allow myself to be healed? That's what my, my, my question when I, I stopped reading that book when mm. I finished. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, so um, then, so your work in Kansas city, did you come here with 
uh, with some other sisters and pioneer the work in Kansas City? Yes, I was actually the second sister who, who came to Kansas City 10 years ago. Um, we, we, in Kansas City, we work with the homeless in KCK and KCMO area, downtown area. And we also work with the Hispanic community. We have a large ministry among them. When we first got there, Archbishop Nauman, who was the one who invited us to Kansas, uh, he asked us to, besides working in the streets with the poor, we also would uh, ministry for the Hispanics as it was one of his concerns that we could give some something for the Hispanics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big, big Latino population in Kansas. It's a very big Kansas. Latino mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... Did you, how did, how did you begin the ministry in Kansas city? Is it, did you just, um, did you have a, did you start going out on the streets, connecting with people? Did you actually start a shelter where people could come and stay? Did you well, have men when and women? We first moved in, right. When I first moved in Kansas, uh, we used to live above Salon house which is a um, man shelter, right? And we lived there for a year and a half until we were able to have our own place. And when we moved to the new house where we live now, we, we um, became a women's shelter for another two years or so, or four years, I would say. And, um, we first started in Kansas going out with a PJ sandwich and a little bit of water and, you know, finding five or six uh, guys on the streets. And from that five or six, it, it was becoming bigger and bigger. And now we serve maybe 80 or 100, depending on the day, uh, every time we go out in, in the streets of KCK and KCMO. Okay. So now we don't we don't have any PJs anymore. We 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 have a ham and cheese, which is a little better. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the food is just a way that we have to connect with them. That's not right. the main reason why we go out. Um, the main reason of why we go out is to let them know they're loved, mm. they're cared for, and. Like I said before, because of city calls, we were not able to continue sheltering our women's in our house, but we do partner with some other places where we know and we accompany those on the streets. And when they, once they want to leave the streets, we will take them to the shelters. What, what places did you partner with in Kansas City? Um, sometimes we, we take them to some shelters in Overland Park. I, I forgot the name right now. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And uh, Simple House, we, we talk with people from Simple House, Jerusalem okay. Farm. Okay. And there is another shelter in the downtown area. I don't remember the name. I'm sorry. I, that's it's, all right. It's been four or just, five months that I, I've not. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious if I knew some of them. Um, I've. I've connected with Car uh, Wu. Did you ever meet Car Wu with uh, artists helping the homeless? 
or with Bobby Joe Reed no, at, I, at the Healing House or no, sometimes no, sometimes we cross our works and ministries together with Team Jesus. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar. I've heard of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. So I'm curious. Like one of the values um, that I think is deep, deeply in your tradition and your order is that when you when you go to the streets and minister to the poor or the addicted or, you know, the abused uh, people, you know, or the prisoner Mm -hmm. that, that you, you are in some way connecting with Jesus. Yes. And that in that connection with Jesus and his solidarity with the poor and the prisoner and the homeless there's there's life that you receive from the very life of Jesus as mm-hmm. you do this work. Yes. Is, is that accurate? It is. And I would go either uh, even further and say that every time I was praying for something, for some decisions I had to make, the best conversations I had was with them on the streets. Mm. Um, When you said, it's interesting when I had my lowest moment after 40 years of ministry, I was just thinking, you know, in the 17 years, I also had my ups and downs. And during my down moment, it was normally, and it's very common that I would be all bright up by going out and feed the homeless. You know, it's it's very uh, powerful, you know, seeing that the face of Jesus is hidden uh, in which one of them. And when you give them just a, a cup of water and they give them, they, they give you back that smile. It just, you know, gives your life meaning. When you go there and and you sit down on the street and you give them little food and and they start eating next to you and say, wow, thank you. That's what I needed today. It gives you meaning because uh, I remember one time I would never forget this. That was, um, I think it was the most uh, powerful moment that I had with Jesus, honestly, after I realized that my vocation was to be a sister due to the fact that he gave my life back. My my powerful moment with him was right after I joined the order, I never liked homeless, never. And I didn't grow up with a lot of homeless around me. And uh, here in my state, we don't see a lot of homeless on the streets. When we talk about the poor, we're talking about the poor families who barely have any, anything. This was the poor for me. And uh, when one of the sisters said, well, the only thing we can offer you is the poor to care. And I said, okay, sign me up, right? I met them on Sunday and on Tuesday, like I'm joining. And um, so I was transferred to Sao Paulo, which is a big city here in Brazil, another state, very famous. And poverty there, it's, it's way different, right? And uh, 
So when we she said, oh, today is the day that we're taking care of the poor. I'm like, okay, we're going to go visit some families. Mm. Little did I know that we were going actually to, you know, uh, heal some wounds of the poor on the streets. And I remember this gentleman, he came and his feet was very wounded. It was almost three fingers deep, you know. And one of my brothers said, you have to clean it up. And I was, no, I'm not. And he said, yes, you have to clean it up. And I felt very disgusting, right? And, and I was very disgusted by everything. And I was about to throw up. And this gentleman looked at me and said, do you want to throw up because of me? Mm-hmm. And I could not say yes, right? I did a very white lie. And I said, no, it's, it's nothing to do with you. It's about me. And... Um, when I uh, finished, I said, okay, you're all finished. Maybe next week you can come. He started crying and said, I want to thank you because never in my entire life someone cared for me like you did. Mm. And that was very embarrassing for me because I knew in my heart what I was thinking. Yeah. And after that day, I realized that that's exactly what Jesus does with us. He knows everything that goes on in our heart. However, at the very end, he would say, never, no one loved me like you do. Mm. And from that moment on, I remember I had one and a half month in the order. I said, no matter what it takes, I will learn how to love them. And every time I'm, my head is uh, going all over the place because of the decisions I have to make or something that I have to do, I will stop with everything and spend some time with them. Beautiful. Just spend, just spend time with them and you ha- you're going to have clarity for sure. I like that idea of, of the hidden face of Jesus in those kinds of encounters. Yeah. Because in my opinion, it's very easy to find Jesus in church. It's very easy. <laughs> some people I, have, have, some people find that hard, actually. It's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Some, some people find that easy and some people actually find it hard. Well, I think what I meant to say is it's easy to uh, look at these places and say, okay, we know for sure God is in church, but sometimes he's not. Right. <laughs> right? That's right. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sometimes we, we find everything but God. Yeah. Uh, this, and, this, uh, we used to tease and say, God has left the building. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's it's very easy to get all dressed up and hear the sermons on Sunday. Right. Yeah. But it's very hard. It's comfortable. Right. right? Yeah. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. But it's painful and it's hard to leave the building and find the same God. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's very easy. I remember one time our founder was given a homily. And you know, for us Catholics, we have the Eucharist, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, 
what if we tell people that Jesus in the Eucharist was thrown on on the stairs of the the cathedral of Sao Paulo? Wouldn't be a lot of vigils, and it wouldn't be in the nails that some someone broke into the church and you know messed up with the Eucharist for the Catholics. Mm-hmm. And everybody said, yes, yes, that would be terrible. That would be, you know, so heartbroken and should never be this. And it would be vigils and this and this and this. And he said, but he is thrown on the stairs. Mm. Look how many homeless we have in the stairs. Mm. Wow. But we only go to the cathedral to see Jesus that is inside the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. What about Jesus that is on the stairs as you process him? Right. Yes. Right. And um, I've, as, a, as an order, one of our greatest values is to find Jesus, not only on the poor on the streets, but in the poor in their multiple faces. Sometimes mm-hmm. Jesus can be very rich uh, materially, right? But he's hidden in a very, very poor person mm-hmm. inside. I like that. I like that. And I think in, I think in nature too, you know, even in nature, like you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, Francis would say that the birds were his brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a beautiful thought as well. Right. I personally feel that we are called to be bridges, uh, not walls. You know, we yes. have to make bridges, not right. walls. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, bridge, the only way we can make those bridges is is just loving. Right. right? Bridge builders, not wall builders, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, I you know, the Beatitudes still are just so so beautiful in that regard, the peacemaker. Yes. Yes. And we, we connect through, through that kind of, of of that radical love and, and we encounter, I like that hidden face of Jesus. That's really beautiful. Um, In your order, um, do you follow a certain daily ritual? You know, like some of the famous orders are like, you know, the Benedictine order and, you know, mm-hmm. how you, how you have a daily rhythm uh, to yes, the order of your life. Do you follow a particular um, daily uh, liturgical rhythm to your days? Yes. Um, mainly our houses will be, um, we will wake up in, in the morning, we do our morning prayer, then we go to mass, breakfast, and then we do the chores of the house. And we divide our ministries from noon to three. We normally expose the Blessed Sacrament to do our personal prayers. And at three, we pray a special rosary that we call uh, the Rosary of the Wounds. It was written by our founder uh, to meditate on the seven wounds of Jesus. And then at five or 5.30, we do evening prayer. We have dinner together, lunch and dinner uh, has to be together and then we close our evenings normally at 8 or 8 30 with night prayers 
some of our houses are formation house, so they don't go very often out to do ministry because they are information. Uh, the house that I am right now, the rhythm is a little bit different. Um, I'm in a farm, actually. Uh, this house, it was um, designed to be a house for sisters who are either physically sick or need a little bit of time for rest after so many years in the ministry. And um, so we wake up a little bit later and we don't go out to do any ministry, but we work here in the farm. And on the weekends, we have um, evangelizations and retreats that we give. So it's, it's more like a, a retreat center style where on Sundays people would come to, you know, to pray. During the week, we would see people come in and pray, but we don't lead the retreats during the week. It's, it's more like a resting place. Um, so basically. Very good. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, have you traveled? Uh, you've been, you, you mentioned in our, by the way, you, it was really fun to do the bonus interview with you for those of you who want to jump on and be part of our support team. Uh, you will, you would enjoy that. But um, you mentioned, you know, being here and in Jerusalem and mm -hmm. of course growing up in Brazil, have you been to other uh, continents? Um, in, in, I went in, to Africa. We have where did you go in Africa? Mozambique. Mozambique? Yes. Okay. We have four houses there. So okay. I went there to visit them. Um, I went to, now it's it's an American continent, but it's uh, Central America. I went to Costa Rica, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Nicaragua. I actually helped to open those mission houses there. Hmm. I also went to Paraguay, uh, up in the North America, Canada. And I think that's about it. Okay. All yeah. right. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm flying over to Ethiopia here in about a week. Um, when are you flying to Brazil? Yes. Now that's a good question. <laughs> I've, I've only, the only country I've been to in South America is Ecuador. Beautiful. So, but uh, yeah, so I've never been to any of the other South American countries. But yeah, you should come to Brazil to meet Jesus on the streets here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've I've heard beautiful things about your country. I had a dear friend of mine who served in a ministry down, uh, I think, in Sao Paulo uh, uh, for several for many, many years. But uh, yeah, it's... I, never, I never made it there to visit him. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, beautiful. So what are, what are some of your, um, you know, what, what are some of your hopes and dreams here maybe over the next few years? What are your, what are your, what are your thoughts? Do you, is anything on the horizon that you're thinking about? Or is that a, is that more of a day at a time kind of a thing? You know, I think, I, I go more like as as life goes. I don't plan ahead, especially because um, I, I became a missionary. And uh, in my order, we, we live by obedience. 
right? And actually in two weeks, I will know what my future will be because I will be receiving my new assignment. Mm. And uh, so my only hope I would say it's, it's more like to be faithful to my call. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm look, really looking forward for my 20th anniversary as a sister, mm-hmm. uh, especially because when I joined the order, was I was 19. Celebrating 20 years as a sister means I, I gave more of my life to God, right? Mm. And uh, that's that's the only thing I really yeah. look forward, celebrating my 20th anniversary as a sister. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's beautiful. Well, you, you, you need to be sure and uh, send me an email and let me know where your new assignment is taking you. I'd be curious. I will. To know. I will. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. very good. Very good. Well, this is, this is beautiful. Is there anything you'd like to say to our audience before we close our time? Sure. Um, you know, this, this past two weeks I've been meditating on, um, how much we can surrender to God? How much can you give God every day? And like I said, I'm living in a farm now. And, you know, the only thing you can hear here is the wind, honestly. And I'm being very, uh, very gifted to uh, with my, my superiors to be here. And one of the graces that I received was being able to uh, wake up very early with no noises from the city and and nothing, just the birds. And praying with Jesus every morning in our chapel. And so many times it's very dark. I I like to go there around 4.30 or 4 in the morning. So it's completely dark and only the light, the sanctuary light is, is lit and I was meditating this past year and this past two weeks, especially how much many times we think everything is just dark right now. Mm. We can't see anything. Right. And in a sense, it gives us desperation. It gives us depression. It gives us anxiety and, and all of this. Our society now is filled with anxiety and depression. Mm. And In my prayer, I just thought, if we just sit and wait, we just keep looking at that little light that is lit there in the sanctuary. And after an hour or so, the light will come and the day will rise. Mm. Right. So I would just say for all of you who are listening to us, I don't know what's going on in your life, but just, you know, sit close your eyes and be confident that Jesus is with you and the day will rise again. Mm. If today is dark, the day will rise again. Just watch for the sunrise and everything will be fine. As long as you sit and wait, sure that Jesus is there. No one is there, but Jesus Just sit and wait. The day will come. Just be patient. It's like that infinite, love of God yeah. uh, revealed through Jesus as, as we sit and wait. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. 
Well, thank you so much, Sister Miracles, for joining us on Spirituality Adventures. We had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties when we first were trying to connect <laughs> with our audio. And I thought, oh, man, yeah. um, I was like, I was like really looking forward to being able to talk with you. And I was like going to be really bummed if we didn't get it. But finally, <laughs> finally, uh, something happened and we made it we made it work. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. thankful for that. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this. And um, are there still some sisters here in Kansas City that are connected to your order? Yes, there are uh, four sisters there now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's yeah. tell tell the name of of it sisters of the poor of, of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. And uh -huh. if you google that, <laughs> does yeah, it show up? It does. We have, we have a website. It's sisterspoorofjesuschrist.org. Okay. Or .com, something like this. And then could, does that, is the Kansas City order, you can find it on that website there? The, the group yes, that's in yes, Kansas City? As a matter of fact, yes. As a matter of fact, the, the website is, is um, it's with their maintenance made by the sisters in KC. So. Okay. All right. So the sisters. So in Kansas, we live we live very next to Blessed Sacrament Church in Wyandotte County. Okay. Yes. So there's no way you cannot find us there. <laughs> I think was was is, is Father Dennis Waits connected to that church? Does that name sound familiar? Can't remember. It does. He used to be the pastor there a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Father Mark Murtis was assigned pastor there. And now is Father Nick Blaha. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I met uh, Father Waits years ago. We used to be in a prayer meeting together, like probably 25 years ago, something like that. Yeah. 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 But he, yeah. So, all right. Well, very, very wonderful. So the sisters of poor of Jesus Christ.org. <laughs> yes. You, if uh -huh. people want to check it out, you can, you can learn more about the order and about um, the, the, the work that's going on here in Kansas city, as well as around the world, 16 different countries in 21 or two years. That's pretty amazing. Yes. Uh, and you've helped yes. open up several of those. So I did. I did. And God bless I, you for your work. Thank you. Thank you. The party planner uh, turned, uh, <laughs> turned sister. I, I still plan parties because oh, life is about a party, right? <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the eschatological banquet feast of Jesus. Exactly. And, 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 and the least of these, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. got it. You got it. All right. Yes. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to Spirituality Adventures. And thanks, Sister Miracles, for joining us. We will see you next time. See you next time. God bless you. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com and make a one-time donation, or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.